Our Gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed by this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man would be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. When they remembered his words and returning to the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of Jesus, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But the words seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and then he went home. Amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord, for which we say, Thanks be to God. On Thursday night, following the Maundy Thursday service, I happened into the fellowship hall, and Cindy was there with a group of our youth. Some young ladies who were there having pizza together, and they were going to go and, uh, and watch a movie later in the evening. I was happy to find them, and it was fun to connect with them for a few minutes. I was thankful for the youth's presence in worship, because as a, as a church who wants to do our best in ministering to everybody, from the cradle to the grave, it's fun to see the youth participate as the mature Christians that they are, and not just show up when they're you know, doing something special, or having discipleship, or missions. Even further, it was a privilege to share communion with all of you, but some of them who I had even baptized um, since I've been here. Now, our conversation, I must confess, was not all that spiritual. They uh, talked to me a little bit about um, some different things. They told me uh, some of their impressions of my recent use of this app, Snapchat, that they have. And they commented, um, well, they teased me, really, about where I, I do, take snaps, is that how you say it? I don't even know, right? They educated me on some of the new features of the update. If you have the update, they kept saying. And it was a good lesson, and I really appreciated it. Um, but the thing that, 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 that brings that to the forefront this morning as we talk about Easter is that there's a, there's a certain sense in which those young teenagers might be closer to the age of some of these women um, than, than some of us are. Jesus was 33. These who were with him were there. And, and, and the, the reaction that we would have if we were the ones who went to the tomb on that Sunday morning would be different depending on what age we were. In the language of the under 35 crowd, if they were to get into the tomb today, 
They might say something like, I can't even, is what the kids say. Or, what just happened? These phrases that the younger folks use express their confusion, their surprise, their amazement, and their disbelief. And all such expressions are fitting for Easter Sunday. But whatever your way of expressing the awe and surprise that you have when you peer into the tomb for the first time again and see that Christ is risen, what we find in the Gospel of Luke in particular is it's almost an incomplete understanding on behalf of the disciples and the women. In Luke's retelling of this story, while we immediately sense, because of the presence of the angels, that something good is happening, we don't get the full story in just those 12 verses. The women see the empty tomb, but they were ready to prepare a body. They see the angels, and the angels share what has happened to them. But the reading closes with Peter saying, or with with Luke saying, Peter returned home wondering what had happened. This is one version of the gospel story that we hear on Easter. Something is happening on this day, but sometimes we're not exactly sure what it is. Now, in many ways, our own lives mimic that very experience, don't they? Something is happening. I can sense that God is here, but I'm not quite sure how it will all play out. This happens to us all the time. Now, rarely does it happen as significantly as it does on Easter Sunday morning. But not fully understanding what God is doing, yet knowing God is doing something, is a part of living the Christian life. And in the face of such unprecedented events as Easter morning, such uncertainty. In Luke's retelling of the Gospel story, what we find from the women, what we see in this story, is that Easter resurrection is not the end. It really is just the beginning. We've awoken to Christ who has risen, and what we do now is look around, Stick with God. See what it is that God is up to again. Allow God to reveal to us what has happened. And as we continue to journey with God, with God's faithful people and with His church, God will reveal more to us as well. Because today, again, when we look into that tomb for the first time, what we find is that Easter is just the beginning. Now, every year on Easter Sunday morning, there are four gospel passages a preacher can choose from to to preach about. Rob read from Matthew. Matthew, in his, uh, some of the most significant things about his story is the earthquake that they presume moved the rock. When you read the resurrection story in Mark, the women leave the grave confused and afraid. And John is quite detailed in his telling of Sunday morning so detailed that he talks about the, the linen cloths rolled up, neatly placed, away from each other. But again, what's interesting about Luke's narrative is this. Luke sits with the big questions of Easter Sunday. 
Luke is okay with initial confusion and wondering. I think it's important for us to note this because in the most important event in the history of the world, an event that we're still growing in our understanding of, it's good to acknowledge that we don't understand everything immediately. It takes time to see the whole that God is doing. Our faith does not mature overnight, even though God sometimes works much more quickly than even that. So they peer into the empty tomb, those women that morning, and they find it empty and they start doing a quick assessment of all it is that they knew. We know that because of the proximity to the Sabbath, Jesus was rushed into the tomb quickly, a borrowed tomb, and he wasn't prepared properly for his burial. On Saturday, nothing happens. 36 hours go by, and they just wait. And if you've waited like that, you know how long it can be, and you know how agonizing 36 hours can be waiting like that. But by Sunday morning, they were getting themselves together, knowing what it is that they needed to do, prepare their Savior, prepare their rabbi properly, pay their respects, and so they go as soon as possible. And this stone is rolled away. And the unthinkable has happened. The body is gone. And the only comfort comes from those two angels that arrive. And they ask what must have seemed like cryptic questions. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They're wondering who took the body and where is it? And they ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? And then they explain, he is not living. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? The Son of Man is going to be handed over to the sinners. He's going to be crucified. On the third day, he's going to rise again. And things do start to come together just a little bit. A fuller understanding doesn't come till much later in Luke's narrative, which continues in the book of Acts. But in these moments, they sense that this is not bad news that Jesus is gone. This is good news. They can't fully piece together the 33 years he lived on earth, and they can't fully put together the three years of ministry and all that he had said, but they begin to remember and reassemble what they knew about this person that they loved and they had had followed They begin to more fully grasp what it is that this day was going to be about. And they, and though leaving the tomb, they might say what just happened, they know that answers are going to come. Jesus is coming to life and things will quickly change. As we read beyond verse 12, Jesus appears to the disciples behind closed doors. In Acts chapter 1, He ascends to the Father, sends the Holy Spirit. And in each of these instances and revelations, each of these things that keep going and going, understanding of what had happened in the past grows, and, and the realization that I don't understand right now sits with them, but they know God will bring clarity They know that it's okay to live with the questions of what just happened. 
Because they'll always find significant answers when they rely on God's power. A power that was too powerful to be kept in an upper room on Thursday night. A power that was too powerful to be killed on a cross on Good Friday. And a power that was too powerful to be bound by a burial on Sunday morning. And this means that the power of God is alive and is well for us as well. Because God has great love for us. God has conquered the grave and conquered death. It's Easter Sunday morning. Christ is risen indeed. He is alive and someday all things will fully be made well. I started speaking trying to think about what those women might have thought about and what a certain age of people might have thought about if they were the ones who peered into the tomb. I wondered what we would have said or heard said. I came up with what just happened or I can't even as starting points. But that's not where the story ends. The best is yet to come. What we find is that if we continue to seek God, that our understanding grows, our understanding of the resurrection becomes more full in Easter, in our lives, and in the ongoing adventure that is a life of faith. We never fully know all of this until our earthly time here is finished. But as we learn and as we grow and as we develop and as we change, God reaches us anew as well. God works in us and with us and through us and our understanding grows. We're not ever done asking the question, what just happened? But but it's funny, because the grave is empty, now we know where to go to ask the question. We no longer look for the living among the dead. We look for answers from the powerful living God who has the power to raise Jesus to life and make, uh, and, and make Him alive with us and in our hearts, even still today. So maybe the message for Easter from Luke is not just He is risen, but stick with it and let me show you how He is risen indeed. Stick with God. Stick with the life of the church and with the believers. Because when we get up and leave this place in just a few minutes, the reality is Easter is not over. It's just begun. In the days to come, God will open our eyes to what really did happen. And seeing God's work will help us understand God's love even more fully than we experience it today. We'll understand our place in God's story as we continue to journey with God. And we'll be able to see and convey the love that God has for all of His people when we stick with God. And when we reach in and experience the resurrecting power of God. A power that, well, because of what it is, at times leaves us with the question, what just happened? but a power that will never leave us alone for long because understanding and clarity and fullness and the power of God is with us, always on its way, always ready to teach us and lead us and guide us again.
And for that, for what that brings because the tomb is empty, we say, thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Gracious and loving God, on this Easter Sunday morning, we give you great thanks. We give you thanks for an empty tomb. A tomb that's empty when what we thought we needed on Sunday morning was a tomb that had your body in it. We give you thanks for a resurrected body and a life that is to come and love and joy and forgiveness and fullness and wholeness that you give through the power of your resurrected Son. And Lord, we give you thanks today that that this is not all there is, but that your love continues and it grows, and that your love and your grace for us is ongoing and extended, and that our experience of your love will never end because of the resurrection of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For that we celebrate, for that we give thanks, and it's in his great name that we pray this morning. Amen.